How many know that's important? We, with the family, you know, I showed that little black and white thing because those were simpler days. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or nod your head if you were alive when black and white was out. Amen. Some may be watching on TV that, were, that remember that. But how many are old enough to remember watching I Love Lucy or Leave it to Beaver or any of those good old-fashioned shows that you could watch and still feel good about yourself when you finished? Amen. And I remember how, how, how it's changed so much from then till now. Back when, when in the show I Love Lucy, if you've never seen that, they, they had so many morals in their show that even though they were married, they had two beds in the bedroom. Does anybody remember that? So even when, when they went into the bedroom, they slept on separate beds because they didn't want to give off the, the thought that they would be sleeping in the same bed even though they were married. How many know that's changed? Now we have agendas of everything. Every sexual orientation, all these things going on. All the, all the, I don't know any of the names of the, of the shows today, but I know they're garbage. Lots of garbage. And I, I know there's, there's things that are just totally attacking the family. And church, like never, ever before, the family is under attack from the enemy. So I want to talk about how we can raise a godly family. Now this is, I didn't do this on purpose when I preached uh, this week in the middle of the service, middle of the week about godly discipline, and I mentioned that whole thing about uh, spanking and timeout and all that stuff. I didn't plan on preaching this message, but I guess the Holy Spirit's doing something. Amen. So it's important that we focus on these. So we're going to be in De Deuteronomy chapter five in just a minute. But I want to give you some fascinating facts, and I want to pinpoint a problem that I feel is very, very real. And before I re read that, I, I was thinking about how I love Lucy had the two beds and how far we've come. San Diego State University just came out that they are now teaching in their school that pedophilia is a sexual orientation. So we are just continuing to go down that steep, steep hill of danger as we continue to mess around with God's plan for the family. Amen? And that's horrible. I want you, if you have your phone, um, to, to not put it up like me. Amen? Because some of you are looking on, 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 your, on your Bible by phone. I want to I say that this thing right here, this apparatus that, is, that can be such a blessing, right now is a humongous problem for us. Okay? This, social media is the biggest problem for families today. I'm just going to make that statement, and you don't have to agree with me or not, but I believe it. Social media is the biggest problem for families. As we get into this message, you'll see why. The average U.S. adult spends, listen to this, 38 minutes a day on Facebook. The average, 38 minutes a day. 16 to 24-year-olds spend, listen to this, a, an average of three hours a day on social media. Three hours. I knew it was going to get quiet in here. It got quiet in the first service, too. Internet users spend an average, this is not even social media, just internet, two hours and 22 minutes per day on social networking, and that was 2019. How many know we're trying to make the excuse that's because we have a lot more time on our hands now? These aren't stats from 2020. They're probably double now. The average daily time spent on social media in 2019, last year, was 142 minutes a day. That's two and a half hours on social media. So there's an attack here on the family, and it's coming from social media, okay? Now, now the teenagers are thinking, man, he got the young kids earlier. 
Now he's getting us. Who's he, attack, who's he attacking? The I'm not attacking anybody, by the way. I just want to teach you God's word and help you because I want us to raise godly families. Listen, if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. How many know that? The world's going to teach them if we don't teach them. So we must teach our children to follow Christ. Now, I want to give you a thought. I actually forgot to read this in the first service. This is a powerful thought. How many have ever felt like you've kind of failed a little bit? Right? Just, it, it, you just failed like you just didn't, you know, and I'm not talking just in general life, but in a situation maybe. Think about this. Maybe, or maybe you feel like you're not the greatest witnesser in the world. How many feel sometimes like you just can't lead anybody to the Lord? You don't, can't, no one listens to you. But think about this. The greatest contribution to the kingdom of God that you might make might be by the kids you raise. You might affect someone's life in your family that goes on to do amazing and great things for God. Amen? Listen to this. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken adults. Thank you. It's easier to repair strong, to, sorry, to build strong children than to repair broken adults. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 5. You've got your Bibles there. And we're going to look at what God's Word says, according to the Bible, about family. Now, these are scriptures that are thousands of years old. And how many know the Bible says God is still the same today as He was thousands of years ago? His Word does not change. And verse 29 of Deuteronomy chapter 5 says, Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments that it might be well with them and with their children for a while. Thank you. Amen. Look at that again. Oh, that they would have such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments, that it would be well with them and with their children forever. We know that is God's will. He wants to bless us. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to have fulfilled lives. We just have to listen to him and obey. It goes on to say, go and say to them, he says to Moses, return to your tents. But as for you, stand here by me, and I will speak to you the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which you shall teach them, that they may observe them in the land, which I'm giving them to possess. Therefore, you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you. And watch this, that you may prolong your days in the land which you possess. Now, go to chapter 6. Next verse over, chapter 6, verse 1. This is the commandment. And these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you would observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. You, watch this, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. How many see that raising a godly family is, is a generational thing? It's something that you pass on to your children, and your children will pass on to their children, and hopefully your parents passed on to you. 
And he says, and that your days may be prolonged. Keep reading. Verse 3. Therefore, hear, O Israel, hear, church of Denton, and be careful to observe it, that they may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, a household happy and fulfilled, a life that's blessed, a life that's got joy in it is what God is trying to say there. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, how, some of you are going to recognize this next verse because it's in the New Testament. Jesus said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Parents, the best thing you can do is love God. And then it goes on to finish and says, verse 6, These words, God's word, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them, when you feel like it, to your children. What does it say? Diligently. I mean, how many know some days, sometimes you don't feel like being a parent? Right? Some days you don't feel like doing right. He didn't ask that. He said, if you'll do it diligently to your children. Now watch this. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. While your kids are on Facebook. While they're looking at their phone. While everybody's looking at their phone. Is that what it says? It says when you're up, when you're down, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you're in the house, when you walk, everywhere you go, we should talk about the things of God. And it says you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Father, we ask you to anoint your word this morning. Thank you for Every man and woman, every teenager, every child that's in this place this morning, thank you, God, for those that couldn't make it this morning and are watching online. Father, we thank you for anointing your word. Teach us this morning. Help us, God, because we understand that the family is under attack. The devil is attacking, Lord, the, the, the unity of the family like never before. There's confusion. There's division. There's pain. There's separation, Father. And we just ask you to take over and change things this morning. You can do the miracle of restoring the family today. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Now I want you to go over to Deuteronomy chapter 7. We're going to read that in just a moment here, a few more verses. But you know one of the simplest things you can do to make, make your home happy is love God, love each other, and just obey him. You know, that goes a long way. Love God, love each other, and obey God's commands. Now, before we read Deuteronomy 7, we need to keep our kids in church. All of you that brought your kids, teenagers to church today, congratulations. That's the right thing to do. Don't stop doing that. Amen? Don't be fearful about what's going on in the world. Keep bringing your kids to church. Keep raising your kids in church, helping your kids to stay saved. I mean, no, we didn't, that none of us are perfect in here, but we've got a perfect God, and he can help us if we want. He can help us to raise a godly family. Let me give you a few statistics this morning. This year, in 2019, I'm going off 2019, 750,000 teenage, 750, teenagers became pregnant. 750,000 teenagers were pregnant last year. Now listen to this stat about abortion. 
And I'm going to throw something in here. I want to I tell you something very important. We do not talk about politics from the pulpit. We do not talk about politics in church. It's, it's something that we don't, we don't push or talk about. But when we vote, we vote biblically. Okay? It's about Bible. It's about God's heart. And let me tell you something that is very dear to God's heart. We've talked about this before. The sanctity of marriage and pro-life. Pro-life. Did you know that every year for the last 25 years, this is staggering, every year for the last 25 years, on average, we have aborted over a million babies in the United States. We need to, you know, we need to stop talking about all the garbage that's going on in the world and start talking about killing innocent babies because that is dear to God's heart. Amen? When did we take our hands off of God's hands and start murdering babies? It's the worst thing that's happening in the world right now. Every year for 25 years, you can go back and look at the stats, over a million babies aborted every year. 75% of teenagers will have sex before they're 20 today. 20 million people this year will catch a sexually transmitted disease. 66% of all those abortions are teenagers. And 35 to 40% of all the young people in this nation will grow up without a father. 35 to 40% of people will grow up without a father. How many know there's a problem in our nation? And listen, I'm going to make a statement. The problem in the kids right now, in the, in the family, is not the problem of the government. It's not the problem of the schools. It's the problem of the church. Because we need to have our church, our, our church having godly families. And the, the world needs to look to us. Amen? We need to understand that it, the family is where it starts. It's, not, it's, it's even beyond the church. It's your own family. It's you taking responsibility for your family. And as we're going to get into a little later in a second, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Say what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How many know we need to have that attitude more than ever before? Now let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 real quick. Just a couple more verses here. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. I don't have these written down, so I have to look up there. For you, watch this. Watch what God says about us. For you are a holy people to the Lord, your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. Watch this. A special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Isn't that powerful? The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than all the people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage. How many have been redeemed from bondage in this place? From the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, for today, for the hand, from the hand of, this, of Satan, the devil. Amen? Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, and he is a what? Faithful God. Watch this. Who keeps covenant. God keeps covenant and, and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Amen. For a thousand generations, he keeps his commandments. Let's look at 10 and 11. And he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them, he will not slack with those who hate him. He will repay him to his face. And verse 11, therefore you shall keep the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments 
which I command you today to observe them. Parents, we have to teach our kids. Now, I talked about this on, on, on the midweek service. Now, we are kids as well. It's not just about how you're parenting. It's about how you're childrening. It's how you as a child is reacting to God. Because we're all children of God. And God wants us to be raised with Him on our minds. I mean, oh, is that, that's what that Bible is saying, or that verse is saying. When we wake up, we should think of God. When we go to bed, we should think of God. When we're going and coming, we should be thinking of God. It shouldn't be that we think of God on Sunday. Amen. It's not that we just think about God today on Sunday. We should be thinking about God all the time. He should be on our minds. But one of the biggest things that's happened today is we've lost our innocence. Especially teenagers, the innocence is gone today. How would it not be? Everything that you could ever see, everything that you could ever hear is right in front of you, right on your phone. How are you not going to lose your innocence? It's being placed in front of you. It's being pushed on you. Today there are so many teenagers committing suicide. The LA Times said last year was a record year, highest on record for teen suicides in the United States. Why? Because they've lost their hope. Because they've been, watch this, disconnected from the world. Seems like we should be more connected, doesn't it? Because we know more people. Because we can see more around the world. But we're disconnected because of this thing right here. This thing is, can be a blessing, but it's also become a great curse. And it's ruining the family, social media, and different things that we're allowing. Watered-down preaching is doing that to us. Programs. There's a lot of people who think, well, I'm going to send my kids to church so they can raise them. You know, that's a fact. Lots of the people that choose churches nowadays choose the church because of the programs they have. And they'll send their kids there, and some parents drop their kids off at the church and leave them like a, like a daycare so that the church can raise them. But what's, what are they going to do on Monday and Tuesday? And Wednesday, and the 98% of the rest of the week when you have them. Amen. We can't allow, expect the church to raise our kids. We have great teachers in this church. We have great workers. We have people who love kids. And we're just here to add to what you do. But it is your responsibility to raise your kids. Godly. It's your responsibility to raise a godly family. Amen. How many know we need worship that lifts up the name of Jesus Christ? We need to come not for the musicians and the songs, but to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We need preaching that's going to go beyond Monday. We need, we need a, a deep, deep relationship with God that's going to last us all week. That all happens because of what you're doing at home. Come on, give me a better amen. We got to be careful with what music we're listening to today. We've got to be careful with what we're watching. I want you to think about three things that we need in this church we, and we want to be. We want to be real people that preach a real gospel and be a real church. How many know people need real church, real people, real gospel? Real, meaning we do make mistakes, meaning we do fail, meaning we don't have it all together, but we're trying. Mom and dad, we need to set an example at home. Amen? We need to set an example. Dads especially, you need to set an example at your home. Your, your kids have it in their DNA. Your wife has it in her DNA from God to look to you to lead. And that's why that 35 to 40% of dads being gone is such a problem. 
Because men need to be the leaders of their home, and they need to be discipled, and they need to set the example. Proverbs 22.6 says, raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's a promise from God. How many know God keeps his promises? God will fulfill his promises. Now let's go to Joshua chapter 24, and I want to read a few verses here. We'll get to one that's very known and very famous in a second. But watch what Joshua is saying here in chapter 24. He says, Joshua gathered all the tribes together of Israel and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads, the leaders, for their judges, for their officers. And watch this. They presented themselves before God. How many know we need to present ourselves before God? We need to make ourselves a living sacrifice. We need to show up in God's presence. We need to spend some time with him and say, Lord, I'm here. I want what you have for me. I present myself before you. Now let's go down to verse 14 and read a few verses here. Watch this. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. He says, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And watch this. Put away the gods. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Now we're going to leave that verse up there for just a second because I want you to think about that part that says put away the gods. How many know that can mean a lot of things? There's a lot of things that that can mean. But pertaining to today's message, I want you as parents to think about something. I want you to realize that there are things that you learned in your childhood that are things that you don't need to bring into your parenting. If they're good things, then of course you do. But there may be some things that you were taught wrong, ways that you were raised. That's one of the worst excuses that somebody can have in the world as parents is say, well, that's just the way I was raised. Hey, you're right. That's the way you were raised. But that's not the way God wants you to raise your kids. You can learn from your parents. I have great parents. My parents have been married over 50 years. They're a great example, but they weren't perfect. And I can look back on things that they did great, and those things that they did great, I've passed on to my daughters. And I hope they pass them on to their daughters. But I can also look at areas that that I learned that I wish, I should say, my parents would have told me or things they would have said to me or conversations they would have had with me. And I made sure that I had those conversations with my daughters. So you can learn from the good, and I don't even want to say the bad, but in that situation, things that they could have done different, that I can learn from, and we pass that on, and we take that. But that whole, this is the way I was raised thing, is you kind of saying, God, this is just who I am, and I'm not going to let you change me. Amen? Let me know if we're new creations, that means we're new creations. And all the old things have been passed away. Now, nothing that I'm saying this morning is for condemnation. I hope you know that. This is for learning. This is for growing. This is for fixing some things. It doesn't matter if your kid is 2 years old or 25. You can still learn. God can still speak to you. God can still show you some things. As long as you have a heart of discipleship and a heart that says, God, help me. Show me what I need to do. Help me see the gods, the things in my life that don't need to be there. Let me get rid of those things. I'm going to break that curse that was in my family. 
Many of you are already breaking those curses just by being here. You're in church. So many of you, your parents never took you to church. You don't even know what that is. And so you're breaking that curse and you're learning. And you don't have it all together, but you're doing the right thing by being here. You're saying, I'm coming. I'm going to help. I'm going to let the Bible teach me how to be a better parent. Instead of saying, well, I wish my parents would have done this and I wish my parents done You can't unscramble scrambled eggs. You can't go back and fix that. That's over. But you can fix how you raise your kids. And if there's things, you know what the, one of the worst things you can possibly do is hate something that your parents did and you do the same thing. Right? Isn't that, isn't that insanity? Oh, just I hate that my parents acted that way or said that or taught me this or didn't taught, teach me that. And then you do the same thing. Fix it. Change it. Turn it around. Be diligent about it. And watch what God will do. Watch this next verse. Many of you know this famous verse in the Bible. He says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves. This is what we basically tell our kids as you're raising them. Now, we're not telling them as, they're, as we're raising them, if you choose not to go to church, choose that for yourself. Nope. Because if you live in my house, you're going to church. Until you don't live in my house. And whenever you don't want to go to church, then find an apartment. Right? Because you're paying the bills. I, I, I got to throw in a quick joke. I didn't throw this in in the first service. I just thought about it. I was thinking about how, you know, De Destiny and Landon are married now, and Kristen's engaged, and now they've they're got their own lives and everything. And so last weekend they went on a little family getaway. And I was thinking, man, you know what's interesting about parenting? When you're raising your kids, anytime you ever go on vacation, anytime you ever go do something fun, it wasn't even a thought that you were going to take your kids with you. Y'all with me? You just put them in the plans. And they automatically went. And you paid for everything. But when your kids get married, they don't even think about asking you if you want to go on vacation with them. They don't even think about asking if you would pay for it. Amen? They just don't even take it into consideration. It's amazing how things change. I just had to throw that in there. Amen? Just saying in love it says if it seems evil to serve the Lord choose for yourselves this day whom you'll serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land you dwell watch this but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord how many how many want to have that mentality and that how many have that mentality and that attitude as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord you know what that means? That means the music that gets listened to, the things that get watched, the things that happen, what comes in and goes out is under your control. And if they don't like it, too bad. Can I get an amen? Can I get a better amen? We're raising our kids in a godly manner. We're teaching them. We're leading them. And we're, we're having conversations with them. I'm going to get to that in a second. Write these five things down as we begin to close. First of all, actually, I got ahead of myself for just one second. I'm going to give you the five things in just a second. I want to tell you that God has a promise for the future. Okay? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. That means it doesn't matter how your kid's living right now. They're coming back. Did you hear me? They're coming back because God's word said it. I trained them up in the way they should go. They're coming back. That's what God's word says. I believe it. They're coming back. So you, you don't have to worry about it. You just got to do your part and leave it in God's hands. Plato said this, watch this, the life of a nation 
is the life of the family enlarged. Think about that for a second. I don't, that's not in a mean way. Take your family right now and enlarge that to the United States. Would our nation be in good shape or bad shape? That's a question that we would ask, right? If you, the, the light, because if you think about it, that's really what, the, what happens is, is as the family goes, the nation goes. And we know right now, in general, we're in trouble. But we can look at our own families and we can take some responsibility and we can say, as for me in my house, I can't, I can't make somebody else serve the Lord, but as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to make a difference in this country. So there's a promise for the family. That's there in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 5, and 6. You can read that again later. We read it in the very beginning. There's promises there if you put God as the foundation of the family. Amen. The foundation of the family has to be the love of God. A sincere love that comes from the heart. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. How many believe this morning that young people are looking for parents who are really sincere? Amen. How many know you can't fool your kids? You can't. They'll see right through it. And they need to see the godly example of their parents the same on Tuesday as it is on Sunday. They need to see that their parents are the same at the grocery store as they are in the church service. We need to be the same. Amen. We need to be unchanging and unwavering in our faith. Listen to this. The strength of the love of a family has God as the foundation. It means everything we do is about God. Every decision we make has God involved. Every decision we make has prayer involved. God is the answer for our thoughts. There's a formula. How many know God's got a formula for the family? Most of it's right there in Deuteronomy that we read. Now, here's, I'm going to give you these five things to close this morning. How to spiritually train your children, at whatever age it is. Five things that are so important. Number one, and this is in Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7. Right there in those two or three verses is where we're going to get all this. We need to teach our kids convincingly. Meaning I can't get my kids to believe something I don't believe. We need to convince them. We need to teach them with a conviction in our hearts. And, and one of the things that you can do there is you can convince your kids to follow God as you follow God. So if you want your kids to pray, you got to pray. If you want your kids to act right, you got to act right. How many know a lot of times as adults, we act like kids? Come on, let the video camera follow us for a day. See how we react in, in, in traffic. I can tell you right now, that's where I act the most like a kid, is in traffic. I'm one of my biggest pet peeves that drives me absolutely nuts is when someone drives in the fast lane, slow. Anybody else lose their salvation almost or want to cuss when you're on the freeway and there's two trucks going the same speed right in front of you? Or you're going a certain speed and all of a sudden that person pulls over in front of you and that's okay because they're in the fast lane. But they don't go fast. Not only did they pull out in front of you, but they go slow. The same speed they were in the other lane. Right? I can act like a kid. I can get angry. Carla can testify. She's rolling her eyes right now. 
drives me nuts, right? So we can act like kids. So we have to understand if we want our kids to act a certain way, we have to teach them convincingly. Meaning if you try to tell them this is something we believe, you need to really believe it. Number two, you need to teach creatively. You've got to be creative with your kids. You got today, especially today, because you have some some uh, opposition. You have some competition. You've got this thing called social media that is pulling their attention. So you got to be creative. One of the best things you can do is get your kids involved in ministry, meaning that they serve with you, that you do stuff together. That was one of the things that we learned at a young age was to take our kids with us to ministry. When we started our kids' ministry in Costa Rica, we took our girls out at a young age, and they sat on the tarp with the rest of the kids. And we got them around ministry, and we got them around people, and we taught them creatively. You've got to think outside the box sometimes with your kids. Amen? Do stuff together. Figure out what your kids like to do that's not involving a phone. And you guys are like, what would that be? Well, if you have a conversation, you might figure that out. Number three, teach consistently. I mean, you can't have a conviction about something this week, and then two weeks down the road, that conviction has changed. Teach consistently. Now, I'm not talking about something maybe that you've learned. that your, your, your kids will pick that up. You learned something. There's something you were doing, and then the Bible taught you something. You realize, you know what, this isn't something we should be doing, and you, that's a good change. But I'm talking about convictions that you have. One of the worst things you can do is change your convictions. Your parents are trying to figure, your kids, sorry, your kids are trying to figure out what your convictions are, and they're different from week to week. You have to teach them consistently, consistently, consistently. Number four, this is a big one. Teach your kids to talk. Does that sound weird? Man, it's quiet in here. Teach your kids to talk. I'm not saying this in a mean way, but I'm telling you nowadays because of the phone and video games and all these things, some teenagers don't know how to have a conversation. Some teenagers can't do a complete sentence. You need to have some conversations with your kids that involve more than yes and no. That kind of goes back to the creativity part. Ask them some questions where they have to actually think. And they can think but they need to be separated from this. Teenagers, don't get mad at me if your kids, if your parents do something different with your phones. I'm telling you, this is a big problem. Listen to it or don't. I talked about that on, on, on Wednesday, Thursday, the mixture together on the midweek service, how you have to be really careful that this thing doesn't go into the room with them and they stay in there for hours on the phone and they don't ever have conversations with you. The door's shut. When was the last time you had a conversation with your teenager where you sat down with them and you spent some time with them? Carla and I were at an IHOP in Decatur. That's the only breakfast place there is. And we were eating breakfast, and we were waiting to go and eat breakfast, and there was this couple across from us in the waiting room. And this, this kind of goes back to the creativity and the talk part. And there was, they were kind of a mixed couple, and they had a mixed child. And you could tell that it was adopted, and we found out that they had about seven or eight kids from like 2 to 17, but they had just one daughter with them. 
and they were taking her to IHOP on her birthday. Somehow they got all the other kids to stay home, somebody watched them, and they made that kid feel special. It took that kid to IHOP, and, and they were going to make that kid know that her birthday was special. That's creative. That Parents, now this is one thing, if you have a lot of kids, that was your responsibility, amen? You wanted a lot of kids. The more kids you have, the harder it is. You have to find time to build a relationship with each one of your kids individually. You cannot talk to every kid the same way. You have to learn the language of each kid. You know, it kind of goes to marriage. We have the five languages of love that I advise people to, to read when they're going to get married or if they're already married. So you figure out what your love language is with, the, with your spouse. You need to figure out what the love language is of your child. You can't have the same conversation or same things in common with one child as you do another. I don't know how you guys do it with four or five kids. It was hard with two. Amen. But good for you. But you got to be creative. And you got to talk. You got to get them to open up. Because if you don't, you're going to set yourself up for down the road when you're not going to have any relationship with them later either. Amen. I don't know exactly what the answer is. I just know this is the problem. That makes sense? You got to ask the Holy Spirit. But we spend a lot of time on that. One of the things that we were very conscious about when we go out to eat even still now, and we did it as best we could for the last 10 or 15 years or 10 years we had cell phones, is when we got to the table, we put these things away. How, how, how ugly is it when you're in a restaurant and you look over at a table and all of the people are on their phones and no one's talking? Something's wrong with that. We've got to get back to where we can have conversations. Because if you don't have conversations with your kids, they're going to have them with somebody else. You need to know what your kids are thinking. You need to know what's going through their minds. You need to have, and, and kids, teenagers, talk to your parents. Nobody's going to give you better counsel than your parents because they love you. They want the best for you. They think they have the best intentions. They don't have any other motives except to see you make it. Open up to them. They know more than you think. And last one is a big word. You've got to teach them in a conspicuous way sometimes. Meaning, you've got to make it easy for them to understand. You've got to teach them in a way that's on their level. And that goes back to what I just said. Find out. You can't, you can't teach one kid the same way you teach another. How many are with me? You have to have that relationship. You have to have that communication. You have to have that time spent and that all comes, church, with time spent with the God, with the God the Father. God will give you wisdom to raise your kids. He'll show you what to say and what not to say. He'll teach you what to pray about. And we need to be on our knees praying for our kids, church. We need to be on our knees praying for our teenagers. They have way more temptations than we ever had. Way more things in front of them. They have way more opportunities, too but they have way more temptations. Father, I ask you this morning to help us to raise a godly family. Lord, there's so much more we could have talked about. There's so many areas, but these are things that are important, Father. We're, we're asking you this morning, Holy Spirit, to help us to raise our families in a godly way. Lord, like never before, I can't, I can't say it enough, our families are under attack. 
Lord, the situations of groups of families loving each other and walking in unity and walking in godliness is being attacked more than ever. Father, we need your help. We recognize the problem. We recognize, Lord, that as good as there are blessings and opportunities and things like that with social media, we even use it for church to advertise and different things like that. God, we recognize that social media right now is a great problem because it has desensitized us. It has separated us. It has taken away table time, talk time, real conversations, real quality time. Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, God, because we believe what your promises say in your word. We believe that your word is true. We believe that your word has promises and that you're a covenant God. Help us. Help us, Father, to have conversations. Help us to have time spent together. Help us to spend time with you. To get to know you so that we can pass that on to our family members. God, Father, not just godly children, but Father, godly marriages. Godly marriages. Help us today, Father, to change. Help us to repent of wrong decisions, of wrong attitudes, of the wrong heart today. God, help us. Because we want to be a church that has strong, godly families. We want to do right. We want to live right. We want to have the promises and the peace and the joy the prosperity of God in our lives. Help us today, Jesus. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, how many watching online, how many in this place this morning could say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He's the only hope. He's the only answer for our world. No matter what comes along, no matter what we're facing today in these such uncertain times, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he does not change. He's still the answer for your family. If your kids would fall in love with Jesus, Jesus will do great things in their lives. How many would say, Pastor, I'm lifting my hand right now because I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. Pray for me this morning. Just lift that hand all over this place. I don't know him. Maybe you're watching online and you're not saved. You're not born again. You know, as I look around and see young kids in this place, the greatest day you'll ever have as a parent is the day that your young kid says, Dad, I want to have Jesus in my heart. Would you pray with me? It's the greatest day in the world when you're up. See, you're... you're You've you got to be a minister to your own home first. can't go out and try to save the world and not work on your own kids. Minister to your own kids. Husbands, minister to your wives. Minister to your children. Be that priest of your home. Read the Word and challenge your family to follow it. Challenge them to live it. Say what Joshua said, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to say the sinner's prayer this morning. 
for anybody who's here or anybody who's watching online and you've never said this prayer, the Bible says there's salvation coming to your house today. Doesn't matter if you're young or old, you can ask Jesus to come into your life this morning. Repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I'm nothing without you. I'm lost without you. I have no hope. But I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose from the dead and defeated death so I could live forever and have eternal life. Jesus, wash me clean with your precious blood. And please write my name in the Lamb's book of life, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stay in this attitude of prayer all across this place, I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to hearts. And I, and I pray with the sincerity of my heart that there is no condemnation coming from this because this isn't about condemning you for mistakes you've made or things you should have done or could have done. It's, it's say, Lord, today's a new day. And it's a fresh start, and I'm going to work on some of these things. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to lead me and help me. I'm going to have that conversation with my wife. That, I'm going to have that conversation with my kids. I'm going to be open with them. You know, as, you're, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and we're praying, I feel the Holy Spirit saying something to some people right now. God will allow you to hear His voice about some things you should do or shouldn't do if you spend time with Him. And once you've spent time with God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on your life, you can have a conversation with your kids. And you can be honest with your kids and you can open up with your kids and you can say to your kids, what are some of the things that you like that I do as a parent? What are some of the things you don't like? You could learn. You could listen. That doesn't mean that everything they say is going to be something you're going to change, but give them a voice to show you what you're good at, what you're bad at. You can do that with your spouse. What are some of the things that I do that drive you nuts? What are some of the things I do that you like? And you focus on those things. Things that they don't like, you don't do them. But you're not going to know that if you don't conversate you don't have talks and be open and ask questions and the reason we can't do that today is because we're consumed by social media we don't have the skills to talk anymore let's fight that today let's be better at spending time in conversation and quality time with our kids and our spouses and our families as we open up these altars this morning we're going to sing a song we're going to take a few minutes to pray. It's still early and worship God. And you know what I believe this morning? We believe God can heal people. We believe God can restore marriages. We believe God can do miracles and finances. How many believe God can restore the family today? How many believe God can do miracles in our kids, in our teenagers this morning? Amen. Let's stand to our feet all across this place. Let's find a place at the altar. Remember, there's plenty of room. Just be spaced out. We're not going to do any laying on of hands.